He served at the Pentagon as an Army JAG. He graduated from Notre Dame and has two law degrees from Boston University and Georgetown University. He's been practicing law for over 30 years. He's your family's personal attorney. It's time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. So if you have a question, a comment, or concern about wills, trusts, probate, powers of attorney, powers of attorney, or if you're wondering, that, that would be the uh, estate planning part of things. You see, Estate planning, death planning, you know, planning for what happens after you die. That's what that estate planning stuff is all about. But there's also elder law, which is what we call life planning because you're not dead yet. At least, <laughs> you know, you got to wonder, you know, if you're floating around there with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, with the harp and the pearly gates and all the rest of that stuff, uh, do you still listen to the radio? You know, does iHeartMedia go all the way up to, uh, I'm St. Peter let that, uh, let, oh, yeah, you know, I, I imagine, I imagine you have better things to do, right? So probably the post death, you know, I can't imagine them being very interested. So, uh, you know, if, if you're actually listening to this, I'm going to assume you're still alive. And so that life planning stuff, that uh, elder law, uh, might have a little interest for you. And if it does, that's that's the little teeny tiny part of estate planning uh, that has to do with you while you're still with us, while you're still on this side of the great divide. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? You know, I mean, if you if you look up uh, if you look up people who uh, subscribe, I, um, I wonder how many how many do we have? Uh, you know, crossed over on the other side, you know, stringing my harp and. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's what that older law stuff is about. Um, you know, it, it's most obvious where uh, where we're looking at long term care because that's what'll make you broke in a hurry. You know, if you're looking at whether it's at home care, assisted living, adult foster care, all the way on up to uh, traditional skilled nursing care, um, that's why people die broke. That's why an awful lot of folks, uh, you know, that's what breaks them. I mean, you make it that far, and then um, then without uh, without warning, frequently. Uh, you or your spouse needs the long-term care. It's amazing how fast it goes sometimes. Uh, everybody's fine, and then two weeks later, it's like, oh, my goodness. And uh, and that's the that's that little teeny tiny part that has to do with you while you're still here. Maybe it would be a good idea to take a look at that. Uh, maybe. Just a thought, okay? Uh, we also deal with real estate. That's uh, buy, sell your home or, you know, prevent your neighbor from keeping all their garbage on it. Uh that kind of thing. Got to be careful sometimes because if you uh, if you allow someone to use your property without permission, you know, you, you just don't kick them off. Uh, well, after a period of time, it's their property now. Whoopsies. Didn't mean that to happen, but it does happen. So uh, give us a shout, why don't you? 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. That'll get you a uh, question, comment, or concern right here. We also deal with business law really important seems like we're we're going through sort of a drought of people uh setting up their own businesses you know small business has always been the the engine of the economy and it seems like people are getting uh getting away from that you know it's really a it's really a shame uh, i'd be one thing you know most small businesses fail sure they do um but you you got to get out there and give it give it the old college try uh, because if you don't you never know when you succeed right i mean just get out there now maybe it's because people are uh be more thoughtful about it. I don't see that happening. 
Uh, I just I just see fewer people willing to uh, willing to get out there and give it a shot. Uh, so if you're looking to start a business, let's make it for those folks. I mean, if you're looking to start a business, uh, you've got a great idea. There's something that you're good at. You think that you could uh, you know, be a service to the community, that kind of thing. You think there are people out there who are actually willing to pay you money uh, to do this thing that you're good at. Well, that's what we call a business, right? So give us a shout, 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843, and we'll get your question comment or concern on the air. Speaking of business, we just had a, uh, oh, oh, got to remember, uh, life plan workshops. Okay, now come on. I know there are folks out there. I mean, we, we did three workshops yesterday. Um, you know, we filled all three of them, and they were, you know, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, and I think I think Holland. Um, but in any event, if you'd like to come to a workshop, we we do our best to make these convenient for you. Uh, different locations, different places. We we were down in, I think it was Grand Haven, uh, at the community center there last week. That went very well. Thank you very much for the warm welcome. Uh, we'll be doing Fremont, and you know we we're we're trying to you know take it, <laughs> take the show on the road. You know that's really what we're trying to do, and uh, just to make it easy, trying to take away all those excuses. Oh, I'd like to go, but it's the summertime. You know, oh, it's too hot outside. Oh, I'd like to go, but it's the wintertime. Oh, I'd like to go, but, you know, it's color season. It's the fall, and, you know, I get distracted by all those leaves. And in the springtime, well, April showers and May flowers and all that kind of thing. So, oh, can't get to a workshop. All righty. I hear you. So we're trying to, you know, like I say, we're trying to uh, make it easier all the make it easier. No, you don't get a steak dinner. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you do get the oatmeal raisin cookies. Those are still, yeah, yeah, you can get those. Um, but anyway, that's the, that's the life plan workshop. We're doing three of those a week now. Um, looking to ramp up a little bit more, getting a lot of demand down in Portage down in, uh, uh, down there by Kalamazoo. So, you know, we'll be ramping those up and, uh, you know, just encourage you. It's a, it's a great way to get it. Uh, great way. We, you know, air conditioning, ice cold air conditioning. You remember that back on the motel signs when they would have ice cold and it would look like a block of ice. <laughs> I'm probably dating myself. Anyway, yes, so we have ice cold air. It's not ice cold. But anyway, you have nice, comfortable air conditioning. Yeah, it's the summertime. Get out. Get your uh, get your life plan in place so that when fall rolls around, you can enjoy the color season. Uh, but these these workshops, we do them all the time, and it's a way to get the conversation started. It's a way for you to start saying, hey, how does this stuff work? And, you know, what might be a good idea for me to do next? That's what the that's what the workshops are all about and uh Love to see that one. Just go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com, davidcarrierlaw, all one word, squish it all together, uh, .com, and uh, that's, where the, uh, that's where the calendar is for it. And when you sign up, you can sign up right on the interwebs. How about that for coolness? Anyway, you sign up uh, right there online, and uh, if there's a date there that's still on the website, that means there is seating available, so um, you can go ahead and sign up. If you're saying, hey, wait a second, he said there were all these workshops, uh, you know, every single week and there's no none for a couple of weeks. Well, that's because they're filled up. Because once they fill up, they drop off the they drop off the website. Uh <laughs> they didn't always do that. <laughs> and when we first started doing this, we had on the internet, you know, where we uh, offered the online setup. You know, this is a business tip, right? So you so you think, "Oh, well, that's a great idea. We'll we'll go ahead and do it like this and what happens next?" Well, you get oversubscribed and then Double seats, people had to sit on each other's lap. Oh, gosh, it was terrible. 
Um, so anyway, this we got all that fixed now. So if uh, uh, if it uh, if you don't see a date that you want, you know, like next week or so, it's because it, it got full. Sorry, uh, but every single week in Grand Rapids, and then alternates and up there in Norton Shores slash Muskegon, Portage, Kalamazoo, and uh, and good old Holland, of course. Uh, you know, we alternate those uh, alternate those around. So, as I say, way to get started. I do want to talk a little bit about. I, I was listening to a uh, to a speaker uh, who was talking about how people should look at look at themselves uh, with what he called kind eyes. You know, you should look at yourself with kind eyes instead of being uh, condemning of things that you haven't done or things that you have done or what have you. Uh, just to accept that you're a person, that you're a human being. You know that that things are not so bad, right? And uh, I'm getting high sign here, so we're going to have to get out in just a bit. But uh, but when we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit. Just, you know, not so much how you view yourself, you know, although that's important. You, you need to take care of yourself. Um, you need to, you know, recognize that you're going to make mistakes. You know, things are going to be, things are going to be better. But also uh, how we deal with each other. Uh, obviously, in our, in our in this line of work, you know, I just got to say it, in this profession, uh, this area of the profession that I've chosen, uh, obviously we're dealing with people under tremendous stress. Uh, they've had to place someone in long-term care, a parent has died, spouse has died, children have died. I mean, you know, we're dealing with death and disability all the time, and it's our job, it's our responsibility, I think, to um, soften, you know, to soften the blow as much as we possibly can, to be understanding and and all the rest and it just came up this past week in a very um um i would say fairly dramatic way so i'll be i'll be touching on that when we get back you've been listening to the david carrier show if you'd like to get your question comment or concern on the air 888-463-2843 Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. 888-463-2843. 888-463-2843. Just like this, that's how you do it. And give us a shout. Love to uh, love to hear from you. Um, talk a little bit about looking at ourselves with, with kind eyes. You know, and just that whole idea that um, in our interpersonal relationships, what have you, you've got to kind of back off a little bit. And, as I was saying, we, we frequently deal with families in uh, transition, in crisis. Uh, I always like to say it's always a happy story here uh, when people come in because generally uh, we can make sense of the thing. Generally, we can make sure they don't go broke, you know, even in extremists. I mean, you know, when you're looking at the slamming into the concrete wall, we can we can help. Um, so it's all good news generally, you know, we're, we've got solutions we can, we can help out. Um, but just recently, um, this past week we had a, uh, a situation, uh, that, that really kind of tested it, um, simply because we had a couple spouses came in, you know, married couple comes in, um, and 
one spouse was very much into doing the uh, doing the life plan and all the rest. Okay, very much uh, that was their thing. The other spouse not so uh, not so on board, which I didn't realize. Anyway, uh, long story short, the you know, this is a few months ago we go through the process. The spouse dies. The one who was sort of really wanted to do it, and then last week we get a we get a call from the surviving spouse about how terrible we are and how everything's awful. Uh, Better Business Bureau, rah, 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 on and on and on. And um, they were on a payment plan. We, see, here's the thing. Um, you know, most attorneys, they take your money up front. We don't do it like that. You know, hold on to your money. If we meet your expectations, then please pay us. We would like that. Um, but if we don't meet your expectations, hold on to it. You don't, you know, you don't have to pay. Um, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> no one's done that yet, but hey, you know. Uh, it's an offer we make to uh, everybody. And now we've got this person, this the surviving spouse, who's very upset. And, you know, and we're all, well, what do we, you know, that's not a common reaction, okay? I mean, it's 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 so out there that, uh, you know, we're all scrambling around. And, it, and it's like, see, everything we do, every interaction we have, we log it. So, you know, you hit the button. And frankly, I don't know which button to hit, but somebody hits a button and out comes a report of here are all the different people, all the different interactions, what was going on, and it's and it's 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 a mile, not a mile long, but you know it's quite a long list of everything we had done uh, because there was a de- the developing situation and on and on and on, you know, and it was like, you know, where is uh, where is you know how is this happening? How is it that uh, you know it was? Did we ignore these people? No, did we not? And as a matter of fact, you know. We went sort of above and beyond, you know, and it would be one of those situations. You know, think about it where you go, uh, you, you know, you're patting yourself on the back because, hey, look at all we did, and this is great. And, you know, very sorry, in an extremist situation, lost the spouse and all the rest, but still, you know, we kept our promises. We did what we said we were going to do. Uh, we did more than what we said, you know, that kind of thing. And now, now you're getting all this, you know, you're all terrible. Well, you know, and, you know, it's like, well, we, we said, you know, if we didn't meet your expectations, you don't have to pay and, da, 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 you know, and so why are you coming at us with both barrels like that? I mean, all you had to do was say, hey, I don't think you met my expectations. You be, you're the first, but hey, you know, we, we can deal with that. And instead, um, you know, so we dig into it a little bit more and then it comes out that the surviving spouse was not the one who wanted, you know, the other one was the champion for the for getting planning done. And uh, with the death of the first spouse, then they lost, you know, the mainstay income. Uh, still have Social Security, but the mainstay uh, pension is is gone, and there was no plan to replace that. And so it, it's one of those. See, it's one of those situations where, you know, somebody kind of attacks you. You know, I'm just saying, kind eyes, right? So someone kind of attacks you, and now you're feeling all defensive, right? It's like, well, we did all things. You know, what a, you know, what a terrible person you are for attacking us. And it's like, okay, back off, calm down. You know what's what's really going on here. And then you recognize that the uh, that someone is, you know, they're in a really tough spot. Okay, and they're feeling themselves like, well, you know, entered into this obligation and can't meet the obligation. You know, and and it's one of those things <clears throat> where you you know we're having this discussion because 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 for us we get that so it's so unusual. That it's, you know, oh my gosh, what did we do? Oh, oh, you know, did we, 
did this fall through the cracks? Did we not do what we're supposed to? And it's like, no, it's, we went above and beyond in this situation. And, you know, and then you start feeling like, well, Jeepers Creepers, you know, what the heck? And then you then the rest of the story comes out and it's like, okay, okay, now understanding, right? And so often if, um, if we could have kind eyes, you know, when we look upon our siblings in a tough situation, if we could look upon our spouse, you know, the people that we're dealing with uh, in these difficult situations, whether it's a, a death in the family, and we've got a number of emails where some kind eyes, you know, I'll get to those in a minute, where some kind eyes, kind ears, right? A little take a breath, relax, step back, you know, and, and try to understand. We go a really long way in making things better. And, um, you know, we're, I mean, it's, we're on the front lines. I mean, that's, that's what we do all day. Got a lot more experience at it than, I mean, who has more experience, right? Because, and it's not our family, obviously, each case, but, but we really say it's not, but it really is. I mean, that's, that's how we refer to the folks we serve. You know, they're our families. We take care of them. Uh, And so when you have somebody who's, you know, comes at you, with hostility and all the rest, then then the challenge is to view that not as, you know, oh, you're a terrible person for saying these nasty things about us, which aren't substantiated by anything in the record. Instead, uh, you know, you, you, you say, okay, this person's going through a real tough spot right now, okay? And they may never reconcile with us. I mean, they may view us, you know, that may be one of those things that forever in a day they feel terrible about the interaction, but um, but we're not going to blame them for that, and we're not going to you know say, hey, look, here's the you know you know boy, you're really stupid, you know, because here's the twenty three things we did above and beyond, and no, 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 not like that. Just you know, take it, move on, do the best, uh, do the best you can. And I think that if if we all looked at each other with a little more kind eyes, you know, a little more um, calm down, relax you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, then um, then I think that works. You know, I think that works very well, which is not to say, is not to say, and we'll get to this, like I say, in some of the emails here, that there aren't greedy, selfish, terrible people, right, who, you know, you can look at them with kind eyes, but then you realize, hey, there's evil there, okay? I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you know, there's, there's bad people out there. You got to deal with them, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who, because of their situation, you know, might say things that they wouldn't otherwise say. And that's our challenge to you. How about that? You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. You ain't nothing but a Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And yes, indeed, you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. If you have a question, a comment, or concern about wills, trust, probate, powers of attorney, ladybird deeds. How about them ladybird deeds? Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm getting sick of ladybird deeds. Uh, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, we also deal with uh, the Medicaid stuff, all that long-term care, all that good stuff. Uh, also, if you're looking to buy, sell, rent, lease, kick somebody out of your real estate, you know, your apartment, your farm, your what have you, now's the time to call 888-463-2843, 888-463-2843, and we'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air lickety-split. I promise you. Uh, we also deal with uh, what business, yeah, the business thing. Look, if you want to start a business, it's a great time to do it. It's America, right? It's never, you know. Here's the thing: never been easier to start a business. Not never been easier. Uh, it's a great time to do it. Uh, and one of the reasons it's such a great time to do it is so many people have kind of um, stepped back, right? So if you're stepping forward, there's more room. You know, if you want to start a, uh, you want to start a business. Lots of things we know now about what it means to run a business and how to keep it going uh, that, frankly, for a long time was just kind of guessing and hit, hit or missing. You don't have to guess or hit or miss. There's a whole uh, there's a whole stock of intellectual property, put it that way. You know, there's a lot of experience out there that's available to you uh, where you can do amazing, amazing things. And uh, don't listen to the naysayers. But be careful about, you know, here's the thing. On the one hand, it's like, I can do it. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you can right? But there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it that will uh, increase your success, encourage your success. And that's, uh, that's really, uh, that's really the way you want to go. Life plan workshops, of course, these are every single week. Want to see what a life plan workshop? Don't make me beg. Okay, I'm begging. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Who's responsible for the funds of a probate estate? The attorney for the estate or the executor, or as we say, personal representative. You know, that's one of the, oh, before I get there, Lady Bird Deeds. Let me talk about Lady Bird Deeds for just a second, if I could. Just a second. Lady Bird Deed has been around in Michigan, like, forever. We've had these forever and a day. And the Lady Bird Deed is simply a transfer on death deed, which means that when you die, the property goes to the people named in the deed. But until you die, until you die, it's still your property. Pretty cool, huh? Well, recently, in the last few years, these things have gained enormous popularity because they avoid probate, which is true, and they keep you in control, which is true, and they do a bunch of other good things, all of which I wouldn't fight you over. But there's two things um, where people, I think, have been led down the primrose path with these with these ladybird deeds. And the first is that they're Medicaid friendly. That's what people say, Medicaid friendly. Well, what does that mean? It means that unlike putting your kids on the deed the way it used to be done, where you deed it over and you reserve a life estate, or you put your kids as joint tenants, now you get divestment problems. Uh, you want to sell the thing, you can't do it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So using a ladybird deed is better than joint tenants with your kids or, God forbid, deeding it over to your kids, right? Ladybird deed is a step up. Yeah, it's great. The only thing is that the vast majority of states in these United States, okay, will put a lien on your property when you apply for the Medicaid or Mass Health or, you know, uh, what do they call it out in California, Medi-Cal or whatever. They'll put a lien on the property, and the Ladybird deed does nothing Zero, nothing to prevent that. So if you're doing the ladybird, you know, there's even attorneys out there. And and here's the other thing. If you have a married couple, 
right, who have less than $250,000 in cash or in financial investments, that kind of stuff, right, or other investments besides the house, right, if you have less than 250000 then you want to do a straight-up deed into the into the trust. But but there's, there are attorneys out there who are pulling property out of trust, right, and doing a ladybird deed, putting it back in, losing a huge benefit, Medicaid benefit for uh, their client. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like, oh, house and trust, bad for Medicaid. It isn't true. It, you you got to look at each individual situation. Or they say, oh, ladybird deed, good for Medicaid. I mean, I swear to goodness, you get to this point where it's like, this is bad and this is good and, that, and we do it every single time. No, no. I mean, are ladybird deeds useful? Yes, they're useful. They're very useful. We use them every day. You know, useful, yes, okay? But, you know, it's, the, it's that old thing where, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Well, the ladybird deed's a hammer, and people are using it to pound screws, to pound staples, to, you know, to paint with. I mean, <laughs> it's really, like, drives me nuts. And here's the big, and here's the here's the other thing. People think of it as a Medicaid strategy. It's like, oh, I did ladybird deed. That's a Medicaid strategy. And it's like, hello, most states put a lien on your property when you apply for the Medicaid. And a ladybird deed does nothing, zero, to protect you from that. And you say, yeah, but Michigan doesn't have those liens. True. Very true. Michigan does not do those liens. Yet. I mean, seriously. How long do you think it's going to be? We almost got it after the last election, after the last president in 2012. You know, they'd already gone through the hearings. The bill was ready to go. And they've, they've got that sucker just waiting. Okay? And if we get it after this election, nobody's going to be surprised. No one has any right, put it that way. Nobody has any right, any reason to be surprised. All right? When they start slapping liens on, on people's houses. Okay? So if you're if you're thinking, oh, I got the Ladybird deed. That's my Medicaid solution. And it's like, huh? You know, and people think that. And by people, I mean attorneys think that too, right? But it, but it just, it's like it's so short-sighted. It's like, does it work right now today? Yeah, it works right now today. Why do you think we're using it right now today? And sometimes it is the good solution. It is the right thing. But it's not the only thing. And it's not, it's not the be-all and end-all, okay? It's not the alpha and omega of Medicaid. Oh, I got a ladybird deed. Now I'm all set. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And if you do have a... Uh, like a, the typical sort of revocable trust, and you took your property out of it, you're married couple, you took your property out, and now you're doing a ladybird deed, you just lost, if you've got less than 250000 of assets, um, now you've lost more because you did it like that, because you're using the ladybird deeds, okay? The the thing is, and I'm, I'm sorry for going off on this, but it, it just came up again, where someone had done this, they lost a pile of money, uh, when the one spouse went in the nursing home, it didn't have to be that way. In fact, it wasn't that way, and now it is because they, you know, they took it out and they did the ladybird deed and and defeated their strat. You know, you know, and I know that you know oh, the lawyer told us to do this. I get it, but that doesn't make it a good idea necessarily. Okay, you, you really need to. I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I do know what the listen to the show. Right, come to a life plan workshop. We will show you. You know, why you need a ladybird deed, when you don't need a ladybird deed. It's, it's you know, because the, the Medicaid rules are, are stranger than you can imagine, okay? They just are. 
And it's just how are we going to, uh, you know, how are we going to deal with those? Okay, I did want to get that in about the ladybird deeds because, again, that's another thing that just um, just came up in the past week. It was like, oh, my goodness, not again. All right, who's responsible for the funds of a probate estate? The attorney for the estate or the executor? Thousands of dollars held in escrow for a probate estate account. Never received my money. It's been over a year since probate ended. I was told by the state's attorney, the executor maintained the escrow funds. Is this how funds of a state are handled? By the executor and not the estate's attorney. Well, typically, yeah. You know, typically you set up an estate uh, account and the uh, tax return's done on that account and it's typically not the lawyer holding the, the funds. Sometimes it is. So, I mean, that's been done too, but sometimes uh, it is. Now I am told that a check was sent to me, but I didn't receive it. So someone converted to a bank check and resent it. It was for thousands of dollars. Never received the check and my address had changed. I asked the estate's attorney if I didn't receive the first check. Why would someone convert it and send the same address if the first check I did not receive? Who is now responsible for the funds in order to pay me for my portion of the, uh, of the uh, estate? Uh, court ended last June, not received my money. Well, you know, it is kind of on you to keep them informed as to where to send the check. And the reason they did certified funds is because they wanted to close the estate. Okay, there's a, there's a, uh, you remember what Paul Harvey used to say, you know, like the guy on the radio? You know, and now you know the rest of the story. Well, there's a rest of the story here that we don't know. So generally, uh, the person responsible for administering the estate is the executor, is the personal, what we call personal representative of the estate. Okay, they're responsible. They're the ones supposed to write the checks. Uh, sometimes the attorney for the, for the estate will hold um, funds, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a terrible, terrible idea. We don't do it. Um, no, thank you. You know, if if the executor, if the personal representative, the trustee, is not actually a responsible person, right? Then you need to get rid of them. You need to get another one. I'll, I'll go into this a little bit more when we get back. Promise you. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. You found the place where we're going to talk, 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 talk around the clock. That's right, because you're yelling for more, right? You want me to talk around the clock. No problem. Doing it. Okay, question. Uh, oh, wait a second. 888-463-2843. See, that's a problem. You know, you don't do this stuff for a living, this uh, this radio talk stuff. You got to keep reminding yourself, okay, don't forget to say the number. Don't forget to say it slow enough. Don't forget to beg people to call you, because I get it. It's it's early in the morning, and who wants to call? <laughs> I'll get over it somehow. Anyway, here's my uh, here's the email. Who's responsible for funds of a probate estate, the attorney or the executor? Uh, apparently, this person got a couple of checks sent to them, changed, moved, and uh, and now it's like uh, now they want their money and thousands of dollars. And uh, what's going on with it? Well, here's the dealio. Um, 
in my practice, I never take the money. Okay, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Um, you know, if the personal representative is not a trustworthy person, you know, they don't have their act together and what have you, then what the heck are they doing being the personal representative? Okay, you don't put people in charge of other people's money unless they're responsible. Okay, and if we get a situation where it's very obvious the person is not responsible, you know, we advise them, we counsel them, we, you know, we do what we can. Um, it's not like you, you see, the attorney doesn't represent the estate. The attorney doesn't represent the beneficiaries. The attorney doesn't represent, you know, uh, you get all this cross-conflict. In fact, we get another uh, email about this issue. You know, can't serve two masters, right? So when you're acting uh, as the attorney for an estate, you are actually representing the personal representative, whoever's been appointed by the court uh, to do this stuff. That's the person you're representing. And so you cannot go behind their back and say to the benefit, oh, you know, I think you ought to do something different. That's not the attorney's role. It is the attorney's role to hold the personal representative, the executor's feet to the fire and say, hey, look, you're supposed to be doing it this way. And if you're not doing it this way, if we get any inclination, any uh, evidence, what have you, that you're doing it wrong, you know, we'll get out of the representation. We'll, we'll, you know, and if you're committing crimes, well, you know, we can't, you know, attorney-client privilege says, okay, I can't turn you in if you've already committed the crime. But, you know, if you're going to do more of it, I, I don't have to be a party to that. Nah, that's not a problem we get into. But um, lots of times beneficiaries think that the attorney represents all the beneficiaries. Oh, you work for all of us. Nah, actually, we don't. Uh, we're working for the personal representative, telling them what to do, how to do it. But we're not going to hold the money for them. Now, there are attorneys, there are people out there, uh, attorneys, who do that. Uh, recently had a very unhappy, and it's not it's not resolved yet, where the attorney was holding the money for the estate and frankly screwing things up. And so we said, hey, you got to send us the money. And three weeks later, we get, oh, I was really involved in a dog bite case. Oh, uh, well, here's half of it. <laughs> it was just like, what? Are you kidding? And it, it's like, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? You know, it's a sacred trust. You know, you're holding this, which, frankly, I don't want to take on. I don't want to take on that responsibility. And if the attorney is holding the money, they should, on a moment's notice, be able to tell you exactly how much there is, where it is, and send you a check for it if you tell them send send the check. Well, eventually we got what is represented to be, you know, the, the funds in the account. Hopefully it is, although the accounting hasn't checked, you know. Well, there was this typo and that typo added up things wrong. Hopefully at the end of the day. It'll turn out that there was no malfeasance. But but the point is, right, when, number one, your attorney shouldn't be holding the money for the estate. Make it the, make it the personal representative, okay? Uh, there's just no good reason. There's no good reason to have the attorney holding the money, okay? Because if the, if the personal rep is not trustworthy, they shouldn't be the personal rep, right? And you can set up a bank account for free. So just do it. You know, and if it costs you five bucks a month or thirty-five bucks, I don't care. Do it. Don't don't give that money to the attorney. The personal representative should be. This is my view of the world. Because uh, you can do it the other way, and lots of people do. But I just think it's a term. <laughs> just because you can do it doesn't make it a good idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I let the let the personal representative hold on to it. Now, in this case, apparently there were a couple checks sent out. They sent out one check and didn't get the money back. Uh, uh, didn't find him. So then they sent out a certified funds, and it's like, what? Well, in the 
our letter writer is like, well, why in the world did they do that? Uh, Converted to a bank check and resent it. Never received it. Address changed. Um, If I didn't receive it, why would they convert it and send it to the same address that I did not receive? Well, because maybe they didn't know you didn't receive it, although the check didn't get cashed. And what they need to do in order to close the estate is they need to get the money out of the estate. How are you going to do that if the person won't cash the check? The answer is you do certified funds. You take a bank check and you do it that way. Now, here's the problem as I see it. And I don't, I don't think that I'm not so sure that the personal representative has a real problem because if that's the last known address, right, and you didn't inform them of any other address and they really thought that was your address, I guess they could be justified in sending the check there, or maybe they got the approval of the court to send it there. You just don't know uh, from the from the facts. But uh, but here's what we do to avoid this sort of situation, and that is we never dispense funds. We never advise a trustee. I mean, trustees can do what they're going to do, but our advice is never to uh, distribute funds until the person acknowledges the basis for the distribution of the funds. All right. So we always send out, we call them uh, receipt and release, you know, just saying, uh, you know, cousin was the personal representative appointed by the will. I think that's fine or the trustee or what have you, whatever it is, uh, recite the background facts, right? And then we attach an accounting and an inventory again and say, yeah, I've reviewed the inventory. I've reviewed the accounting. I think everything was done properly. Uh, I understand that I'm going to get X amount of dollars. And I'm really happy with getting X amount of dollars. And you sign that off and then you get the check. And we don't, you know, we kind of take the next step. Like we won't even, you know, so if I've got, we had one time like 20 plus beneficiaries, 22 of them sent back their receipts and one did not. Okay. Well, I can't close the estate till the money's all gone. And, and I'm not going to advise somebody to do what this person did, which was send a bank check to a, dodgy address you know you're not really sure so you know the whole rest of <laughs> the whole rest of the family kind of ganged up on the one who hadn't signed yet i was like would you hurry up and sign the dang thing so we can get all get our you know get our inheritance but if you do it that way so every step along the way you've got beneficiaries agreeing as to what the accounting is to what how much they're supposed to get all the rest of this stuff okay then all right now you've got success now and, and we do this not only in a trust administration, always in a trust administration, but we also do it in the probate context as well because to avoid this kind of situation because the court could approve you sending out the check, but that doesn't necessarily mean, as our letter writer indicates, uh, that they're going to get the check. But if you get the receipt and release back and they certify their address and they certify that everything's wonderful and they're happy with everything that's happened, okay, now everybody gets their checks Everybody's happy. We close it, and then two years later, we don't get somebody saying, "Hey, I didn't get my check." All right. There's see, it's like anything else in life. There's ways to do these things so that it works. Simple as that. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, asking you to get to the website davidcarrierlaw.com. Sign up for one of our free life plan workshops. Why don't you?
You've been listening to The David Carrier Show, a lively discussion addressing your questions and concerns, but not legal advice. There is a big difference. So when making decisions that affect your family, your property, or yourself, the best advice is to seek good advice, specific to your unique needs. If you missed any of today's show or would like additional information about the law offices of David Carrier, please visit davidcarrierlaw.com.